Hello and welcome into the Gotta Be Saints podcast. I'm your host, Brendan Gotta. Join me each week as I tackle life's most important question How do I become a saint? Today's podcast is Leah Darrow, her conversion story. I have with me Leah. Leah, thank you so much for joining. Yeah, happy to be back. We are here on part two. If you were able to listen to part one, it was awesome. It was a wonderful conversation. Leah just shared her story, how the Lord has worked in her life, how he has brought her out of the darkness and into the light and how she was open to it and open to grace, open to change and open to seeing herself the way he sees her. And so I highly suggest checking it out. It was a beautiful, beautiful story, beautiful um, just example of the Lord's goodness and mercy and love. And so for part two, we're going to change the approach just a little bit. We're going to kind of ask some more specific questions that hopefully the people at home who are listening to you, the listener, you can you can gain some insights, some practicals from these question and answers. Uh, before we get going with that, I just want to shout out our sponsors. Always have to shout out our sponsors. That is the Catholic Company. They are a one-stop shop for all Catholic goods, from books to rosaries to clothing. They have it all. Highly suggest checking out their website. You've got a First Communion coming up or a baptism or probably Christmas. Guess what? The Catholic Company has a gift for you. So check them out. Use code GATA for 20% off. That's code GATA, G-O-T-T-A, for 20% off. Our other sponsor is Good Catholic. Good Catholic is a wonderful resource for Catholic media. I invite you to check them out. You can use code GATA for 20% off any series. Those series include a various or include various topics, including the rosary. Most recently, we did a purgatory series. Really awesome content. So check that out. Use code GATA for 20% off. But here we are for part two. Leah, thanks again for being here. Um, I've got some questions kind of written out, so we'll follow that timeline. But of course, um, if you say something, I might uh, dive deeper into it. But mm-hmm. my question I kind of want to ask you is, you know, as you shared your story, we talked a lot about just the, um, you know, you you shared your 10 years of being away from the faith. So my first question is a lot of people admittedly or if maybe not admittedly, they struggle with their faith. Um, are there any bits of advice that you would give to someone who is in that space? Yeah, I think number one, just uh, it's okay that you're struggling. Just to acknowledge that you are and that that's normal. That's okay. It's okay to doubt your um, your struggles, your questions, your doubts, your concerns, your fears. God can handle them. Like, that's okay. You could actually talk to God about your doubts, even if they're doubts in him. Like, he's not offended. And um, that's all right. I think sometimes we like to make that more of a big deal than it really needs to be. Like, oh, are you struggling in your faith? Welcome to humanity. Like, that's that's part of this struggle in being alive. Yeah, you're going to struggle. It's what do you do in your struggle? How do you approach this struggle? And that is what we have to really help in teaching resilience and skills to get through. Because if you, whatever you're struggling with, your faith, your job, your relationship, 
uh, whatever it might be, school. But we all we all have struggles in life. So struggle is not the special thing, okay, in everyone's life. That's that's the normal thing is the struggle. But how you approach your struggle and how you get through it, that's what differentiates you from pack. So for those who struggle and complain and quit, well, that's a lot of people. You'll have a lot of people to tell you that you're fine because they're also quitting on themselves and quitting on their dreams and not going through the struggle and not figuring it out. And they're going to sit there and complain. But then there are some people who decide and choose to lean into the struggle, to face whatever fears or whatever that struggle is sharing with them and the the struggle that it's teaching them something. And I think the mindset has to kind of switch there. Because when you look at your struggle as something that is being done to you versus something that's being done for you, that's when things change. A struggle is something that's being, in a sense, it's, it's happening for you. Yeah, maybe you didn't want it to happen. We can't change life circumstances, but we can change how we approach them. And so when you see a struggle as something for you to learn, that changes everything. So even if it's a struggle with your faith, like, okay, what is this struggle teaching me? What is is it teaching me? Is is this struggle pulling out this um, question I have about God's existence and if he really has created a good world with good people? Okay, great. Well, then I can I can find resources to help me answer that, you know? And truth is always there. It's just, do we seek the truth? And do we really look at our struggles as something that we can learn from? Or do we see a struggle as something like a brick wall that you can't climb? And so you have to make a choice. Bottom line, no matter what you're going through, when you have to make a choice that when you approach your struggle, how are you going to view it? What is your mindset going into that. So one, yeah, acknowledge it. It's absolutely fine that you have a struggle. Again, welcome to humanity. And I'm talking about small and big struggles. Trust me, I'm not downplaying the fact that some struggles are so incredibly traumatic and very difficult. Um, I personally just had a major struggle this past February, if you want to call it a struggle. Um, I lost my baby. I had I miscarried my seventh baby and oh my gosh, you want to talk about a struggle? <laughs> you want to talk about something that's like, what is going on? Why did this happen? What, like, did I do something wrong? Or why is my baby not with me? And um, I could have looked at that with such hate. I could have looked at that with such anger. And I, trust me, there was a part of me that kind of wanted to, like the the lazy part of me that just wants to lean into the um, the reactionary piece. But I've learned over the years, and with God's grace, I've been practicing the skill of like, this is a struggle. And Lord, what are you wanting to teach me? What do you want to, what can I learn from this? And man, he is teaching me so much every single day in those struggles. So I don't, I mean, when I talk about struggle, I'm not being trite. I'm not trying to say like, oh, it's just a tough time, tough day. Like there is major struggles that everybody deals with. But again, we... To have a Christian mindset is to be able to look at every single struggle, not as that it's being done to you, but a struggle that is providing you with an opportunity to learn and become a better version of yourself on the other side of that struggle. Mm, It's beautiful. Yeah, I I think too, I, I think the mindset is a huge, a huge piece in this, as you kind of talked about. But I mean, I look at my own life and 
um, you know, just the different things that I've struggled with, the sins that I've uh, allowed to be a part of my life. And, and, you know, I've been fortunate to go to spiritual direction for most of all of my adulthood. And uh, it was with one of my spiritual directors that I think more than anything, he helped me with my demeanor of how I viewed myself in the lens of how the Lord sees me. And for those who are struggling, I mean, kind of going off of what you just said, if you're able to start to see yourself the way that the Lord sees you, even if you continue to struggle in whatever way, big or small, or, you know, if it be sin that's in your life um, and you feel like you can't kick a certain sin or something like that, I promise you having that outlook of seeing yourself or at least attempting to see yourself the way the Lord sees you, uh, it will it will make things infinitely better because you'll start to finally hold your head high because you're a son or daughter of Christ and you're not your sin. You're not your failing. You're not your struggle. You are his. And when that mindset is is at the forefront of your mind, when you're finally living in that, no matter what storm you're facing, he's able to, to kind of build you up and still use you. Um, so I appreciate everything you said there, Leah. It was, it was beautiful. Um, the next kind of question I think that we, we could dive into is just, um, you know, you, you've lived in the world in a, in a very real way. You've been on TV and celebrity TV show and, um, you've been in, in that space that Mm -hmm. our culture glorifies. Um, but you didn't find happiness there. And so my question to you now is how do we, how do we best live in the world, but not of the world? Hmm. Well, you know, you've mentioned the term spiritual direction a couple different times. I think, you know, just using that term, okay. Like who directs you? Who do you allow to direct you? Because there's always an allowance. Okay. There's always, we always allow ourselves to be guided or directed by something or someone. And so I think in terms of like, not um, like living in the world, but not of the world. It really is your focus of who do you allow to direct you? If you allow culture and the world to direct you, okay, that's going to take you down a path. I know that path is not a great path. We all know that. But when your life, your decisions, your thinking, your attitude, what you do every day, your routine, how you wake up, how you go to bed, when it's directed by God, when it's directed by the Holy Spirit, when it's directed by scripture, you live a different way. You think a different way. You speak a different way. Your actions are different on the weekend. Your morning routine is different. Your evening routine is different. Your, your outlook on family life is different. And so it really comes down to who do you allow to direct you? I noticed some people are like, well, I don't have a spiritual director. I can't get anybody to help me. Okay. That's, you don't need that. God is the ultimate spiritual director. Jesus Christ the Holy Spirit, the Holy Trinity is the spiritual director you need. Some people are in a position where they can actually reach out to a priest or to you know someone there who to help them. But ultimately, if you're in a space where that's not possible for whatever reason, uh, God is is there. Okay, the Holy Spirit is there. Scripture is there, and He 
reveals to us how we are each called in our unique ways and our in our own vocations, everybody's unique vocation to live out that life, to be directed by the Lord in your day. And you're like, well, how do I start with that? I would say the first thing is number one, list out on a piece of paper, like what is your vocation? Like what is your calling? Are you in a place right now where you're single and you're not yet married? And so you're in that space. Okay, great. So that vocation has a lot of advantages to it, just like all of them do. Um, time is definitely your greatest advantage if you're still single. And that is a great gift. Um, but it's at your advantage right now in that vocation. So how does God want to use that in your space? How, do, how does God want to direct you in your day to day? And I would start with your routine. And that really, really hits home. Who is living in the world and not of the world is looking at your daily routine. And so, and again, like, you know, if you're married or if you're religious, like you have to look like, like what your vocation is and then what is your routine based on that vocation? How do you do that? And I think that's just the single thing is like allowing, making sure you're very aware of who you're allowing yourself to be directed by. Sometimes we just go on autopilot and we might be, you know, we might be like walking with the Lord, but still on autopilot. We might not be walking with the Lord and we are on autopilot and we are realizing that we're being directed by either culture or other people or the people that we surround ourselves with. I'm sure you've heard, everybody has heard this quote at this point. I hope that you have, but it says something like, you're the average of the five people you hang around with. Like you're the average of your community that you hang around with. Whatever you call your community, your group of friends that you always hang out with and talk to, either texting or face-to-face, -face, you're the average of them. And so are you allowing that group to direct you? Are you, or are you allowing God to direct you? Are you allowing culture to direct you? Are you allowing social media to direct you? And you'll see it how you spend your time in your day. So again, knowing who is directing you and then looking at your daily routine. Yeah, I love it. And I, as you said that, you know, the five people I just, um, for whatever reason, thought of Shia LaBeouf and who is, you know, to people out there who are listening, you probably have realized that he's uh, really started to, dive into the Catholic faith, but who's he hanging out with? He's hanging out with friars and just the beauty of our faith and how, you know, those examples can have a real impact. And I use him as an example, but what I really mean to say is we should be one of those five good examples to our friends and family. We need to be the example. Um, and then within that, you know, you can become the good company that people need. Uh, you did also just mention something that I think is uh, it, you're a perfect person to talk to about. Um, you mentioned, you know, just social media and mm -hmm. you have been fortunate and blessed to, you know, have a have a platform. And um, with this platform, I from what I've seen, you, you use it to promote truth, which is beautiful. Um, there are, well, th this podcast is an example. I run a small Instagram, social media, and I use my platform um, to try to promote truth. So what, in your opinion, what would you tell someone who, you know, has that small, probably a smaller platform than you, probably a smaller reach than you, but they want to have, they want to have an impact. Um, do you have any tips for, for those people? Yeah. So in, impact is always person to person. It's not person to an entire group of people. So remember that, like, we have to understand, like, what is impact. If you want growth, if you're like, I just want as many people on the platform as I can, which that might not be a bad thing. Okay. I'm not saying that that is, but impact 
is person to person. So one understanding in terms of social media, like what is the goal there? If if the goal is growth, okay, that's one way to go about it. If the goal is impact, and it can be both too, but with each thing that you put out there, um, understanding what is it that you want and then why do you want that? So what do you want to convey? What's the message you want to convey? Why do you want that message to, to be out? Out, out there that kind of gives you right the grit to get through the hard times um, and also the assurance that you're that, that you're that you're really keeping true to yourself um, the how usually comes just once those things are already in place right sometimes we just like to jump to the how and all like how do I do this and how do we get a bigger platform or how do I, but it's really just going back to like what and why first and answering those are always going to help keep you in alignment and in terms of doing things obviously for for Christ keeping in alignment with the holy spirit keeping in alignment with what you're called to do and then you know um i'm not i'm not uh unfamiliar with trolls and all of the hate that comes along with these places and so that's just something to expect because of the brokenness of humanity um, and so I think just, you know, keeping yourself armed with the Lord and scripture is really important and keeping yourself as detached mentally from the outcome as you can. Um, that's really important. I know that like, if you're, if we're always like, if we put up something that we think is so, so great, um, and then not a lot of people like it or no one's commenting or it doesn't get shared. If we attach ourselves to the result of it, then we're going to feel like we've lost the battle every time we post or, you know, whatever it is. But if you put it out there and if you're like, no, the goal is this, the goal is that I put out this content into the world and, um, and I'm really happy with it. You can start to begin to change your mindset on that. You know I mean? What I do with my kids when they bring me like a picture that they color and they're so excited to show me is I'm trying to get them to a place where they start. And of course, I love that they show me these pictures and I think that they're fabulous. I think they're wonderful. Um, but I want to make sure that they're showing me something and they're explaining to me why they love it. Like, tell mm. me what you love about this. Like, tell me what you're doing here. And then they get excited about that versus just mom's validation of my picture. And I, I, you know, I've been doing this with my kids for a while and I kind of just did it naturally. And I realized I need to do the same thing with my own social media. Like I put something out there because I think the Lord has called me to share this on my heart. So I'm going to put it out there. And then if like, like, it's like me, it's like a kid coming to me. It's like one of my kids coming to me asking me like, do you like it? Do you like it? Do you like it? It's like, if I go to the comments and I don't see that many comments and I'm like, wow, I'm looking like how much validation do I need? Right. If God said, no, I want this message out there, then I've done the job. So gosh, I have a lot to talk about on social media. I could ask and probably could go on a lot of, uh, about that whole topic because it's such an interesting nuance with evangelization. Um, yeah. But it's super, it, it's, it's super tied to our weaknesses as well. And it's just, um, people might be surprised of how little I'm actually on social. Um, because I just know that I have to protect myself. And, uh, and I would, I also want to encourage people to, to, to protect yourself with this. There might be some accounts that you follow that are not helpful to you right now. Maybe they're, maybe they kind of touch on a wound that hurts. Maybe it's something from your past that's coming back up and it's okay to unfollow or to mute those people. You know, that's all right. Um, because sometimes we just have to make sure that we're protecting our peace. Uh, 
and that we just need to have that space to do that. And if you're following anybody that's not bringing you peace, um, but you continue to like look at everything that they do and comment on, and maybe you don't comment as nice, like that's that's actually the definition of a troll, by the way. So it, a troll is somebody who intentionally follows people they hate. And it, bra- it makes them more miserable. So we don't want to do that. Like, honestly, like we're human. We all make mistakes. If you're following people that are making you a more miserable person, either by what you would post or just like what you internally feel inside your heart, just, just unfollow. It's going to be okay. No one's going to be offended. And we're all going to move on throughout our day. Yep. I, I, yep, totally agree. I thought of two. I know that you were, we're close on time here, so I'm not going to talk for too long, but <clears throat> two quick, uh, comments that I thought of when you were just talking one, you know, you look at St. Francis of Assisi and his work. This was a man who by the end of his life had impacted thousands and thousands of folks. But what was his, what was his goal? His goal was to love the Lord with his whole heart, mind, soul, strength. It was not to create this religious order that now today has, I don't know how many hundred thousand probably men and women who are a part of it. And yet the Lord has blessed that. But he's a wonderful example to us of just someone who pursued goodness, truth, beauty, and through that the Lord was able to use it. But another example is, that's one example of the Lord using someone and it stretching out. But I also think of St. Louis Marie de Montfort, one of my favorite saints. Louis de Montfort built the life-size Calvary gets all of these people to to build this with him. It's very exciting. The whole town is evolved. They've got people coming from the outside. And at the very end, the day of the uh, ceremony to kind of bless this Calvary scene, the bishop comes into town and he literally says, no, shut it down, take it down. And his response is the, the, the part that I want to share with you. He says, it is okay, friends. Because instead of building a Calvary here on earth, we've built a Calvary in our hearts. Now, I share this because this is the response that you and I should all have when it comes to doing the Lord's will. It's not about the final outcome. It's about where we are in our hearts as we do it. And if he's able to use it like he used St. Francis in a certain way, praise God. But if it ends up that everything goes awry, do we still have that desire that love for the Lord in our hearts. And if so, then praise God and he's able to use it. Now, Leah, I know you have to roll. So I want to give you a chance for any final thoughts. I, as I said in uh, earlier, I of course will link um, all of the different things so that people can follow you. Uh, but I do want to give you that chance to just say anything to, to conclude. I'm sorry for talking so long. No, it's great. Thank you so much for everybody for being here. If you want to learn more about what I've been talking about, and if you are looking to walk with somebody and to do this in a coaching program, I really encourage you to check out Power Made Perfect. It's from 2 Corinthians 12, 9, where Christ says, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. And I've built a personal development coaching program based on that um, scripture. And the entire program is Christocentric. So it's based on scripture and it keeps Christ as our foundation. But what's really special about this is that it really just is a space for, it's an experience for me to walk with you and help you, you know, 
create and time to fulfill those dreams that the Lord has on your heart for you. And I'd be honored to do that work with you. If you want to find out more, you can go to my website, leahdarrow.com. You can follow me on social. I'll be talking a lot more then. I have a new class opening up for Power Made Perfect and that experience that'll begin January of 2023. And I'd be honored to walk with you in that experience. That's beautiful. Well, I look forward to seeing that. And and you're Leah, you're always welcome on the on the podcast. Uh, there is it's it's a joy getting to talk to you, but I, I truly mean this in in the best way. I think you're radiating. The Lord is is so very clearly uh, on your face and it, it's beautiful to see. So I appreciate so much that you've taken the time to talk. Um, I will spare you the gotta be saints questions for today, but that just means you'll have to come on and answer them another time. Um, I would love to. I would love to. Perfect. Well, thank you so much to everyone who listened at home. God bless and have a great day. Thank you for tuning in. If you enjoyed today's episode, click to subscribe. This is a good Catholic podcast. Visit goodcatholic.com for more information.